Happy Friday to you, and good day, welcome, thank you for coming in. Please get the shares out, let people know that we are live, get the link out there for anyone who is in the audience, please, we appreciate it. We've got a really great show for you today, of course we've got Christy is here. Christy, say hello to the audience. Hello everybody, happy Friday. Thank you for having me on today, Jeff. Oh, of course. Well, this is this is now your job. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's another hat I have to put on, right? <laughs> That's right. By the way, I love the hat that you wear in your profile pic on. Uh, on uh, oh, on thank oh. you. That's one of my favorites. It's it's a vintage hat. It's a vintage hat. It was actually made um made by hand in the USA back in the day, Jeff. <laughs> And it's colorful, which you love, as I know. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. And for the I'm excited. I'm excited to have Tom on today. I'm, this is my first time actually meeting, well, I'll say meeting Tom other than the other day when Tom happened to just pop in the show. So that's awesome. I'm so happy. I've, I've heard a lot about Tom and heard part of his story with you um, when he was on with you way back in the day. So, um I'm so happy that he's here so we can all ask him questions. That's right. And so for the audience, uh, if you're new here, because we do have a lot of new subscribers, Tom wrote the script. We believe it came to him prophetically. He wrote the script called The Immortals. The script was stolen from him, and it became The Matrix. So everything that Tom has written is really what is happening today, and that's why this is so relevant, because Tom actually has the rest of the script that has not been published, and there's a lot of hidden gems in there, and uh, and Tom kind of leaked out a little bit what he's going to break today, uh, and it's going to change the Patriot movement, I think, I hope, uh, certainly after he dispels this information to you, the good listening audience. And uh, what can we say about Tom, other than Right On Radio was the one that actually broke his story, and we had Tom on, what, 10 weeks consecutive, I think, to get uh, the majority of his story uh, to that point of time out, 
But of course, the saga continues, and there's lots of moving parts, and it has been growing and growing and growing and growing in momentum. Uh, folks, I think you're going to hear from Tom that we are winning. So without further ado, and by the way, i got to put a disclaimer. I'm going to have to cap this one to about 45 minutes as I have a personal appointment and uh, someone is coming to pick me up for it. So I will have to have a hard stop. Uh, but without further ado, Tom Althouse, welcome back to Right On Radio. Thank you, Jeff. Great to see you again, too, Christy, or be here on with you. And, uh, yeah, we are winning. So, Tom, That's great to hear. Uh, that, that makes me happy to hear, Tom, especially coming from you. Yeah, after everything they've thrown, they've thrown a lot at us. I know Jeff, personally, he has had the experiences, too. He's gone through it. And uh, when they go, they go for the jugular. But uh, God has a way of making us be able to move like ninjas and able to avoid everything they do. And I think they're left aghast going, what just happened? How did they know? How did they get out of this? And not only that, but he gives us the materials, as Jeff said. Uh, if we're faithful and ask and seek and knock on that door, he will give us what we need if our hearts are right. And boy, when God says it, he gets it right. And it's not for our glory. He makes it clear. It's for his glory. And together we bring the puzzle pieces together for his glory. That's right. If God is for us, who can be against us, right? It's interesting, too, because one of the main claims the uh, players on the other side say at highest levels, and they pass it through their minions down the line, is to accuse uh, those of us that do this as being narcissists. It's a very interesting choice and tactic from their playbook to claim because if we're doing this for God, how can narcissism be involved? If we've come to God on our knees and said we will serve you and we want to help humanity and all life and be faithful and go through the fires that we all go through, each individually, for his name and for his people and his children, then how can we be narcissists? I agree with you, Tom. I mean, in terms of what um, what they've they've really thrown at people like yourself. I mean, I've had nothing thrown at me in terms of you know what you and Jeff and others um, have endured. Um, but you know, I'm, I'd say I'm just like the regular person on the sidelines. That there are many people out there like me that are just starting, you know, to wake up. Fortunately, you know, I kind of saw some things that I knew were not correct years ago but didn't really understand what it mean and i you know i've always trusted in god to really and, and spoken to him like a friend like you have to get me out of this like i don't i didn't even know why this is happening and he has and you know i thank god i was actually just talking by the way penny says to tell you hello okay. i was chatting with penny this morning and she's she loves you and she just said please tell tom I, she sends her love and um you know, I knew that there were certain things that um, were tried to come against me, you know, several times. Um, matter of fact, uh, very much like you, they, you know, my family doesn't even sometimes believe the things that, that I'm saying. And, you know, uh, it's very difficult when that happens. Unfortunately, uh, my parents do. And, and they're they're very, you know, I'll say they're the hardest people to prove things to. Right. Like even when I was younger, you know unless I could prove that I was correct or that I had not done something, then I had done it. You know, I was not the, I was not the only child who, 
um, was the perfect one. You know, I was the one that they're like, what did you do now? <laughs> and so in, in going through that, and you know, so I'm very blessed that both of my parents can see a lot of the things that have happened and have supported me through the process and who have been a few that had taken a look at the Dropbox um, that I have and, you know, some of the evidence and, I'm just very blessed for that, whereas, you know, a lot of people don't even have that. Um, and then, you know, you have your other family members that you've lost, which is really tough, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. One of the fortunate things was my dad, actually, uh, he was approached so heavily by bought a bought sister and brother who then orchestrated the rest of the family to cut my mom off and to try to make sure my dad didn't think well of me. And he, he tried everything. In the end, my dad was on his deathbed. Uh, telling me, you know, Tom, you're the one that has always been true, the straight shooter. You've always been there. And he said to me, promise me you'll finish your work. Promise me you'll finish this documentary. Promise me you'll finish what you're doing because you are, you know, you're the best of us all. And it was like, and, and it's interesting, the other side takes that and spins that, that they claim he was screaming, get him away from me, get him away from me. But the thing was, I have it on tape. Because my dad was dying, and I wanted a memory held for uh, his, you know, him and I. It just happened to become evidence that they have really gone all out to turn and askew things. And my dad actually was killed by my sister, who works for the congressman, is actually lifelong FBI, who's involved in the Ukraine situation, destabilizing it and everything. I won't use his name right now. But he bought my sister off completely, and it was my sister was my dad's POA. What's that? Oh, then Brian Fitzpatrick. Brian, thank you. Brian Fitzpatrick. If you look up Brian Fitzpatrick, he is a lifelong FBI operative out of Hollywood, and he's also a Pennsylvania congressman, just happens to be in my district, my mom's district, my sister's district up in Pennsylvania. And you see my sister switch from, in 2016, they switch when the case is being thrown. My sister switches from saying, you know, Tom, I'm your biggest fan. I'm always going to be there for you. I'll, I'll see this through. I have the evidence, too. We're going to I witnessed it myself to trashing and doing anything she can to destroy um, my relationship with the parents. Anything we have that's bringing forward the truth on this matter, even with about the subject matter of the screenplay and uh, bought off by getting trips to London, New York, Paris, you name it. And also um, the Caribbean. She gets to be on the Jimmy Fallon show, spokesperson on CNN owned by Warner Brothers. She gets black tie dinners through Fitzpatrick. She gets to be the president of psych people in Pennsylvania, also the uh, top psych person in Pennsylvania. All those awards are given to her uh, when she's an unlicensed elementary school counselor. And that's the lowest of the rung in the psych field. But she's getting all this stuff, including a picture held up in front of the Congress, on the floor of Congress. Basically, Fitzpatrick saying she's a national treasure after they attempted a 302 on me where I'm hauled off by SWAT team, the FBI controls SWAT team. So I'm glad we're uncensored because I try not to do anything that will disrupt our program. But um, we're seeing a lot of things where this is how it gets. The higher up you get with the information God channels through that is affecting a world, claiming it back for him, that's when they hit the hardest. So really it is a spiritual war with top agencies trying to shut down God and, and God's people. And so when they come at you, they're actually doing these events where we're being hauled off by SWAT team in the middle of the night. And what have we done? Spoke the word of God. We've tried to create material lift humanity to make a better world. You know, that that should open eyes. Well, it sure does. 
does, Tom, and speaking of open eyes, you know, there's this saying in the patriot movement about uh, getting red-pilled, and of course we know that that comes from the movie The Matrix, when they present the red or the blue pill, but because you are the inventor of it, uh, why don't you tell us what you have learned recently about the red pill? Absolutely. Thanks for thanks for bringing that up. And Jeff, is your volume down a bit? I'm just going to say because I, I want to hear you clearly and it just sounds a little quiet, but I don't know if that if, if there's a volume switch there, but um, I want to hear you better. But yeah, because everything you say, um, the red pill. Here we go. So the red pill, where does it come from? Well, the work wasn't fired. You said, Jeff, it just came through and it was out of the request of Lord, let your as we as your children, can we be closer to you? Can we prove to you? Can we show you that we love you also as our father and be obedient to basically do the Job story where we come through as Job did? And that's when the work started flowing. I was, I said, I was given a cup that wouldn't be taken away. And so I was like, okay. So I did the work and in that work came these ideas, tech and everything else, but an idea of a red and blue pill, the red pill was not something that was offered with the blue pill in the original work. That was put in by the Wachowskis in the Matrix when they were lifting the images they thought were cool because as I was told by people on set now, they're telling me these things, that the Wachowskis made it up as they went along with my script in hand. The fight choreographer, one of them for Matrix, told me this specifically. It was in their hand, the script, the immortals, along with the storyboard where they lifted all the images they thought were cool. And then they tried to make it up between the two pieces. And that's why there was a 20-foot rule that if you're in 20 feet of the Wachowskis on set, you're fired. They didn't want that script being seen in hand. Of course, the A-list actors did, like Keanu Reeves. However, in the rendering of it, they claim that it's a red pill, blue pill being offered to Neo, the main character. But it makes no sense. Uh, actually, there wasn't a choice given to the original character. The red pill is offered only by the deep state. The One World Society forming offers only a red pill if you're selected. And so that's what happens in the original story that will be made now and shown. And the blue pill comes from the underground. The blue pill is actually the good pill. But if you take that blue pill to try to make a difference in our world with this One World Society forming, then what happens in the story is there's painful side effects, very painful side effects, that will affect you. And so it's a real sacrifice to choose to take that route. And so the red pill is offered by the deep state. The blue pill is offered by underground. And now we get to the import of this. Where does the red pill come from? The red pill is derived to create an immortal program, longevity. That longevity is offered to world leaders and their families to bring them together to agree to a one world society. So that one world society is formed On the basis of longevity, how is the red pill formed? The red pill is formed by the blood of the children. They are experimented on for growth hormones and for um, the blood to see if they can create this immortality drug. They actually have a thing called these days the red batch. And the honeypot wife I had when she left me for Mike Lang of Disney, we have the emails on my birthday where he asked her to move in with him for 60 days. That's how big this gets. In those email batches is a Dr. Gundry offering the red batch to Rebecca Northcutt, the honeypot wife. She wanted that longevity. And so that's what's so wild is they're using this red. Red is bad. Blue is good. That's what it's supposed to be. Now, it's interesting that the, red, the deep state, what they do is, or the shallow state, 
they take the red pill and make it the good pill in the stolen version. So we've all been snowed. Now we all say about being red-pilled, even politicians, red-pilled, red-pilled. The red pill is the red pill because in the stolen version, they took what was a warning to the world about the red pill being bad and made it the good pill. Now everybody says it. It's the blue pill that's good. Blue was good, red was bad. And if you go back to the analogy from The Wizard of Oz, the ruby slippers, the red, the red, it's about the red. I think everybody can understand that. So what we should be saying is we are blue-pilled. If we have the courage to stand up for God and go forward to make a difference in this world, the blue pill is the one we're taking. If we're using the analogy from the film, the original work, that'll be shown as after the documentary comes out. So that's what's so wild is we have all been living a lie where the stolen version, the deep state took it, gave it to the Wachowskis that said they failed at writing, they failed at everything. Take failed writers and they turned the red pill into the good pill because it was a warning in original work. It was a warning about these very people that they were doing evil and they were playing something very evil. But that's what Satan does. Satan inverts everything that is good. And so that's exactly what we see happening here as well. By the way, is my volume a little bit better? Uh, please let me know in the comments. Uh, people are saying that okay. my volume was a bit low, and thank you for pointing that out, Tom. Uh, but, sure. You know, Satan has inverted absolutely everything. So uh, we have to question everything. And, you know, we everyone's been saying red pill for the longest time. And, you know, it goes too much to your credit, Tom, for even inventing the uh, the concept of it. But, uh, man, that's so they even penetrated the patriot movement. And there you go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, it's well, like for instance, Tom, one of the things you had said um, regarding the nurse, like you said, did you say that, or the the um, person in the school, did you say that she's unlicensed? Basically, this is like an unlicensed counselor or nurse. Yeah, that's my sister. She's an unlicensed counselor for elementary school students, and yet she gets all these awards. So, yeah. So one of the things I encourage people to do is, um, you know, that's a good idea because I, I encourage people to investigate, like, what's going on in their neighborhood and their child's school or the local school that they're paying taxes in. So even if you don't have a child in school, it actually makes it a lot easier to do some research in that school. So you should look into every school around you that's in your region to find out, like, hey, I just want to get the licenses for – you know, the teachers, the school counselors, um, the principal, like find out what their education is because these are things that um, people can do because this could be going on in your back back door and we don't even know it. That's right. I don't know. Um, you said that things can be uncensored here, that we can topic uh, tackle topics that are sensitive. Um is, does that go as far as we can go? I mean, are we allowed to just open it up? Because there's a certain topic, there's an elephant in the room that ties to this very subject that's sitting right in front of us. Let it go, Tom. It's all yours. All right, well, here we go then. Sandy Hook. At Sandy Hook, my sister was a spokesperson on the air. They give her all kinds of rewards. They keep it in their family. They keep it tight in their circles that certain people are rewarded through certain things that are set up. Sandy Hook 
if you watch some of the people responding in Sandy Hook, like the gentleman who talks about his daughter being killed, there is footage of him before he gets on the air laughing and joking. And then he says, OK, are we ready to go? We're ready to go. And then he gets himself worked up in his acting, his bad acting style, gets himself, gets some tears going, and then he gets on the air. They caught the footage beforehand where he was laughing and joking, a plant. And so then you get to what happened in Texas. What happened in Texas? Why is Texas chosen? I think I know why. And who orchestrated this thing? I think I know who. And why was it timed the way it was? Because of what's happening right now. And so you see at that incident in Texas, the police don't move in. I'm not mocking the police. I'm just saying they were given orders not to go in. They left. The parents are begging them for you to go in, but they don't. And that gunman walked in when security checks were totally ignored. He was allowed to go in when that's usually there's uh, that's checked. They make sure there's checked. He walks right in. This is something that the deep state has done over and over. And it's also in the screenplay. You have false flags. You have the innocent being sacrificed children in order to create fear and to stir up things. Those children died. That teacher defended her, ch her children and uh, she didn't have to die. The children didn't have to die. But there are things being instigated by government agencies in order to create horror and fear timed on a specific timetable to suit their needs and they have no compassion at all about the innocents that are suffering. We are simply fodder and pawns on a board. They call it a chessboard. contacts tell me that it's a chess game. And so there's no compassion at all by these certain government elements. And I've been approached by people such as Lauren Holmberg on Maui, Paul, his friend. These people were in the Masons. I'm not knocking the Masons. I'm just saying that they're in the Masons and they recruited me into the Masons. And they told me right away that they're operatives and they're fascinated by my story. And I was going to be one of the elite now and I'll be blown. My mind will be blown by the information they're going to tell me. And at the same time, they're explaining to me that they have seen in Africa where they've done uh, um, different events and things. They told me about Oakland, what happened to an innocent couple there where they were told not to save them. And in children, piles of arms and legs. Sorry to get graphic, but they said they're telling me these things while lifting me up and saying I'm one of them now, one of the elite. So there's no compassion for the innocent. There's no compassion for the sanctity of marriage or anything else. They're telling me at the same time that they have had sex with dignitaries' wives, bragging about it, saying they can't wait to publish their book when it's the right time, revealing their exploits. There's, there's something where the systems that are in place right now, government systems or agencies, uh, have been headed by people that have decided to profit off it, to make sure they maintain their power, and to put people into positions such as Brian Fitzpatrick, lifelong FBI operative, as a congressman, and then giving him all kinds of positions. And he is sent to disrupt the Ukraine in order to time it for the right time. What do you do in Ukraine? He was sent there with a Trudeau's counterpart to go to Ukraine to destroy the reputation and career of a man named Shokin, who was equivalent to the attorney general in this country, in that country, because he said they weren't moving fast enough, quote, on reforms and they weren't doing what they wanted. So the FBI is sending what? Brian Fitzpatrick to the Ukraine to disrupt the lives of those that provide stability. And even um, it was the Trump, Trump himself that it was unfair what happened to Shokin. It was wrong. And so now they're sending Brian Fitzpatrick to Ukraine again. 
So really it comes down to God has it. So it's just a small group of people that are in position. And they, they talk about the art of war, where they are the ones orchestrating these things. And their own thust, lust for power and that idea of, you know, it's all about power for them, not compassion or anything else, has led them to a game of buying off family members, people, giving them great rewards. I have text after text of people who sent me that they were contacted by the FBI. This organization could do good in our world. It doesn't have to do bad. But if you look at the original screenplay, Neo is actually was supposed to be the FBI lower echelon department head who revealed what saw what was going on. That's the beginning of the story, really. He catches on to something going on and brings it to the top heads of the uh, his departments. And the Smith character is actually the head of um, one of the top people in the CIA. That's the Matrix story. That's how it's supposed to be. And you can see why they filtered that out. So without knowing it, I didn't know it, as I was writing what God gave me, CIA becomes the New World Order's main security force. It becomes central in the screenplay. And so without me knowing it, God was giving me everything that's happening now and the whole plans. And as dignitaries and people have met with me, they told me you, you were spot on. Exactly what happened. This is what's going on. And they're telling me that the tech in there is right. Elon Musk was given the neural link. It's in there. iPads in there. Surrey's in there. So God just didn't give us everything that was going to happen in our future right there because we asked to serve him and asked to prove as his children that we would be love him and gather a remnant. He also was giving us tech and things that are now the hottest topics of our time and the most lucrative. So it's God answered with a bang. And so that says to me that God had a desire to reach out to his children and say, yes, I'll give you this chance because I want you to come home. I want you to be close to me and do it right. So I feel this incredible burden on my shoulders where if it wasn't for you, Jeff and Christy and other hosts, I would be silenced. There'd be no I'd be sitting on here with all these gifts and this screenplay and all this prophecy and been shut down completely. And it shows you that, just think of it, government agencies want to stop us from having prophecy, want to stop us from bringing forward the truths that are going to change our world for the better and unite it in a good way. So the idea is that the one world society is in place. There's no stopping it. And the screenplay, it also gives us this word that God led, that it can be a good one. If there's no choice but to have a one world society, we can make it a benevolent one. If those of us wake up, get on the playing field and do our parts as we feel called Everyone's needed on the work field. Everyone's needed out here. You can't sit back in the bleachers. There's no time for bleachers. It's time to get on the field and act. It's time to run the ball together because God's given us everything. Look what he's done in his glory and his kindness. He's given his children everything we need to make a better world. We just have to act on it. I I totally agree with you, Tom. Uh, and, you know, that's we're, we're trying to give people simple things to do, because I know there's a lot of people out here that are very scared to act upon things, uh, to do things. They're afraid something's going to happen to their children. I assure you that, you know, even even with as much of a platform as I give people and speak out, you know, I don't have the things that have happened to me because I think they're short on the number of people to come against people, you know. So, you know, I did wait purposely 
um, for such a time as this because I knew that people would, they, I, I just, God just said they're going to run out of people to come after you. So, um, I do believe that that could be happening. And yes, they could come after us any shape and time, you know, for those of us who have waited for such a time as this, but I do encourage other people to, you know, if you don't do anything but talk to your neighbor, um, text, the show or other shows, you know, that you may find the truth on um, that we've done. Yeah. Um, share those with your neighbors via text. That's super helpful because they, they are trying to stop it. They're silencing, they're shadow banning. I mean, I used to get, you know, 500 likes on a single post on Facebook. I'm doing good to get two. And the only reason they haven't shut that account down is because it's connected to marketing accounts that are paying lots of dollars for lots of major manufacturers under my Right. I hear you. And what's going on right now, I'd say to people, too, Jeff has said this many times, um, this idea in the screenplay, it is no fear. No fear. It's our time to have no fear. It's almost like the house is on fire. What are you going to do? You're going to have no fear and save those children. You're going to save the pet. You're going to move in there and act. We're not going to sit there and just watch the house burn down while we're in it. We're going to save who we can. We're going to move. The house is on fire right now. So also their houses are burning. It's time now. God has had a time call to the remnant, call for action. And the thing is that we're to have no fear. And it's amazing to feel that courage is amazing. Also, I asked the Lord to let me draw the fire. Let them come at me. Right now they are. And now contacts are saying, Tom, you've won the chess game. You've won. They're afraid of your power. So therefore, I become, God has allowed me to be sort of a shield to draw their fire. They're failing. They get to see they failed when they're under playbook said they never would. They're off their playbook now. They don't know what to do. And so combinations such as like Jeff and I doing these kind of things is blowing them away because one of the tactics is isolate, alienate. That's a main tactic. That's why you buy family off too. And to call everything under the sun from crazy, you name it. But we have the work. It's copyrighted in my situation. We have great people with similar experiences like Jeff has. And we're fearless. We're fearless. So now the problem, it's like a battlefield, vision of battlefield. And they're dealing with the front line. So they don't really have time to deal with the people in the back. So we're taking the arrows, we're taking in our shields, and we're fighting very well, and God has trained us to do this. So for those out there that are concerned about safety, it is time to act. But you can also act by giving to Right On Radio. You can help with uh, funds. Funds is a big part of this warfare and game, you know, and that's what they take away as much as they can at first. So that is needed. If you're on the back lines, fund the front line. Fund it. You can, because right now it's a money game. That's the way our government and the world is set up. That money game will change in the future, and I predict that in the, in the piece God led me to predict. And so it will no longer be money in the future. It will be credits, and it will be something that is based like just your palm of your hand on the thing. That's actually coming true now where you just put your palm and hand up. But there will also be subsidiary things that we can use. I'm not talking cryptocurrency. I'm saying different things that God's faithful people will be coming up with, almost like an Amish system, where you will have circles of refuge. And you will have, be able to work within that circle of refuge where you won't need currency. You won't need to be in their game because we're going to reinvent our own game, our own way of life. And that's what's going to happen. A certain sovereignty is going to form for God's children. It won't be a cult. Yeah. I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. Creating our own Christian economy. It's inflation proof. It's supply chain proof. 
uh, yes. Yes. Else, go to mylibertystand.com if you're interested in joining us. Uh, but Tom, there's there's two other things. Thank you for those kind words about funding the sure. line as well. Thank you. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do have to say no. two things. First of all, S Caps says much love and respect to you, Tom. And of course, that was a super Thank chat. And I always will read the super chats on air. Um, so the other thing is, Tom, a couple things that stick out to me in this timeline and, you know, going back to the script and the movie and everything else, uh, there's a couple things that come out. So first of all, in the movie, uh, you see, you know, people being used as batteries, essentially. And, and we know that they're yeah. being used spiritually as batteries for the cabal right now. But the other thing that's really intriguing me, because it's making it all across the mainstream news now, that basically they want us to live in pods. They want to get people out of the out of the rural areas and into the cities and to live in these tiny little pods. Uh, and that comes yes. right from your script. Tell us about that, Tom. Where does that go to? Well, this is really fascinating because what you raise is such an important point. And here it is. In the ripping off of the version that was supposed to be give, give glory to God, when the Wachowskis, who were atheists, rip it off, and the Warner Brothers behind them with other writers also working on the project at the same time behind the scenes, what they're doing is putting their ideology and what they want into the film, using the scenes and things they think are cool and revolutionary, as Bonaventura said when I pitched it to Bonaventura of Warner Brothers. He said it's revolutionary. So what they're doing, Jeff, is they're taking the images they think are cool, and then attaching big clues to what they want onto that imagery. So let's look at this. The Field of Pods comes from a beginning in the Immortal screenplay where the original work they have taken, and it's a Field of Pods of the architect's top 100 who are secondaries that matches top 100 physically in these individual pods and they're being brought back as test subjects one by one, so eventually the top 100 of the architect can be brought back safely, the primaries. Now, let's reverse engineer this. The Wachowski see this, they think it's cool, a field of pods. So what they do is, and the powers to be with their agendas, Jeff, look at this and go, what can we do with this in the ripping off of it? Let's turn it into battery power. They just gave us a clue of what they planned, don't they? They just gave us a, a wide open look at what they were intending and what they want for us. Also, individual pods for people drawn from that imagery they're lifting, taking it out of the story and ruining the storyline, but again, giving us clues of what they plan to do. So in their lust and greed and ripping off the work, they're inserting what their plans are. So God outwits man while man tried to outwit God. Instead, he uses, lets them take the peace that's for his glory, to reveal them, then he reclaims it for his glory. So the field of pods wasn't about battery power, but they put that in there in rendering the image in the stolen version. When people see the original work when it's done, they'll see how the field of pods actually propels the story and sets us up for a satisfying ending where the glory goes to God. Well, let me make a comment on that, Tom, because... Well, as you were speaking and describing these pods, uh, again, you know, I'm reminded of a vision I got years ago, and it's not a pleasant vision, but I'm going to describe it to you. So uh, if you get terrified easily, you might want to <laughs> mute me for a moment. But this is how God will invert their plans on them. 
God gave me a vision of hell years ago, and there's different layers of hell. But essentially, the bottomless pit where there is gnashing of teeth, essentially, if you can imagine charcoal mountains all around this sea of fire, and inside this sea of fire, the people who go to hell are placed in essentially these pods, and, and I, I don't know the dimensions, but I'm going to say they're like eight by eight, and they're just swimming inside this pod, uh, a lake of fire, and they're trapped there for eternity. So what the, what the enemy has planned for us, man, God is going to show them for all of eternity what their plans have manifest to. That's a poetic justice. And what's interesting is what you described. Spielberg, who's a main player in this, Steven Spielberg, they actually call him Steven Spielberg in Hollywood. What he did in Minority Report, and just real caps, I know we don't have much time, but just nutshell this. In the original Matrix story, and I appreciate what you shared, because that is a horrifying vision. Let's look at that vision again, how they project it as if for us, and it won't happen. It'll be for them, as you said. They reverse it, God puts it back. And so in the original work, the Matrix, the first scene they shot, what happens? They put the high school, my high school, my dad's name, my name, my birthday, as it was in 1996 records, all on the first sheet and graphic and scene they shot. So they're caught. They will be caught. But what does Steven Spielberg do? Steven Spielberg does Minority Report. What's in Minority Report, Jeff? In Minority Report is pre-crime, where if you're caught in pre-crime, you're put into those pods. You're put into stasis in a whole uh, large storage area where you're stored in pods aren't you and so what does tom cruise play just let's hit this home tom cruise plays a character named captain john enderton captain is my dad's rank john is my dad's birth name enderton is our scottish clan name with a t added from anderson and you have why is pre-crime going to be happening to tom cruise's character captain john enderton my dad's rank name and everything because his son sean was murdered and so what happens to my son, Sean? He is murdered. So Steven Spielberg committed pre-crime by doing a piece called Minority Report and putting in it that Sean will die. And Tom Aldhouse, using his dad's name, rank, and last name, Scottish clan name, is going to be hauled off on a 302 for a suspected pre-crime in the future. And that's exactly what happens. When Sean is murdered, they haul me off on suspected pre-crime. Tom, can you tell everybody what a 302 is? A 302 is only enacted it's, – it's used in our country now as the go-to thing by the FBI. What happens is if you want to get rid of somebody who's actually benevolent and does good work, what they do is enact a 302. They get somebody, a family member, anybody to say, this person told me they are going to shoot somebody. This person also told me they're going to commit suicide. Now, on those words alone, the FBI will act. So they just get somebody paid, like my sister was rewarded after the 302. Keep in mind, my sister was given honors on the floor of Congress for a picture held up by Brian Fitzpatrick. On the floor of Congress, that's a good reward among all the other ones she got, all the other ones. So what happened? A 302, she starts trying to get me to say, when Sean dies, she calls me after two years of absence. The playbook says alienate, isolate. So she doesn't contact me for two years after Fitzpatrick gets a hold of her. That's, that's supposed to put you on ice and get you upset, cause despair. So then she calls me when Sean dies. The day that Sean is murdered, she calls me 
And I think it's for condolences. Now follow this. She doesn't offer condolences. She says, with a man whispering in the background, and I say, there's a man there. She says, no, that's the children at my school. So she claims to be making this call, saying, Tom, you have to say you're angry, bipolar, and suicidal. Say that back to me. And I'm like, I'll never say that, Julie. That's not me. It's like, if you don't say that back to me, then we can't have a relationship. And I was responding, it's on tape. Julie, uh, if that, uh, we don't have a relationship. We haven't talked in two years. Then she says, if you don't say this back to me, that you're angry, bipolar, and suicidal, then you're saying I don't matter. Wow, okay. And I said, okay, Julie, if that's the parameters, you don't matter. And so what does she do? She gets off the phone and says to others, Tom calls me all the time and says he's suicidal and he's going to kill somebody. That's all the FBI has to have you do. And she gets rewards. And what does she get? Also, if something happens to me, she gets to go on the air on CNN again, owned by Warner Brothers, and announce that, yeah, my brother said he was. And she gets the airtime, just like she did with Sandy Hook. So there's your clue. This is all one big, bad, orchestrated piece that is used to destroy our visionaries, our people who are filled with faith, and people who are trying to make a difference. And are harmless and good. So they, that's it's what they did in World War II Germany. They took Tom, away the scholars, professor. Tom, yeah. can you can you point us into um, can you point us into this exact person of who it is? Maybe even just share a screenshot with me. You don't even have to say anything or something, so that we can get this information out. Because this is something that uh, you know I've noticed that even the the most Unawake people on social media right now are paying attention to their, they've noticed that one of the teachers is the same teachers, um, you know, that, that was in this recent Texas shooting as the Sandy Hook shooting. So people are beginning to pay attention. Matter of fact, they were even finding information first, which I'm like, I, I, I am so happy when I see normal people finding information before I even come across it. You know, it's I'm like, yes, we are winning in that case because they that is getting out. Uh, but if we can, you know, if we don't listen to everybody. We don't have to use Tom's name within it. We can just expose this lady as being who she is. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, he's, you know, if you can just point us in that direction so that we know that we're accurate. Okay, I'm taking a snapshot of the one thing. I'm going to send it to uh, Jeff's direct messaging. And I'm going to give you the um, picture of Julia Zarco, too. I can find her here. So, yeah, um, I'll give you the picture of Brian Fitzpatrick, and I'll give you the picture of Julia Zarco. And, um, yeah, let me get this one thing. Yeah, yeah, these things help. Us, these things help us expose the truth, you know, like we yeah. because we, we trust you. We know that you're not going to lead us in the wrong direction. Right. So Let if we could just start to expose this, that's super helpful. I'm going to go to Jeff's thing right now and I'm going to attach the picture. Um, I know we don't have much time, but I'm going to go ahead and attach this picture. So this first one is the uh, a part of the article I was just talking about. Uh, where Brian Fitzpatrick is talking. They're going to do a cover article. They do cover articles on their people. So this one was a cover article when I was exposing Brian Fitzpatrick, and they did in our local paper, of course, to cover – try to explain why he's in the Ukraine as an FBI operative, why he was there, and cover the fact that he was trying to destroy the career of this um, particular person. And um, the chief of police who was used by um, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick to enact the 302s, they were given actually a brand new – the most expensive facility in Warrington Township.
to allow them a reward, and that included uh, hotel facilities and also um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, uh, holding cells and the psych department now. They're mixing the psych department in to make sure 302s stick. So when they do a 302 extraction, what they do is they're now bringing forward psych teams with the police under um, uh, the FBI in order to make sure that they just rubber stamp you right away without rights. So anybody can be hauled off at any time in our country without trial, without process, anything, and just be shut away for life. That's what they're doing, orchestrating that kind of thing. It should give chills to everybody that this is what's now enacted. You can be hauled off from your dinner table, middle of the night, for nothing, having done nothing wrong. It's simply the FBI wants you out of the way because they feel you have information on them. In fact, the FBI now says that they only go after those that go after them. So this whole mentality that started with Robertson's group, Pat Robertson, it's like you kill the victim. You get rid of the victim. You get rid of anybody who knows anything about you, any dirt on you, and you get rid of them. And that way you keep your uh, constituency clean. In fact, Brian Fitzpatrick put a bill before Congress that every police officer in this nation cannot be have any charges brought against them at any time by citizenry, that no one can make charges. They have immunity, complete immunity, carte blanche. And that is a move to protect uh, this character, Dan Friel, who was used as the chief of police in Warrington Township to make sure that I be hauled off on a 302. And the picture I sent you, if you look at uh, – oh, it says it failed to send. Of course it fails to send right now. Anyway, so <laughs> – yeah. There, it says failed to send to Jeff on the uh, picture. So I'm going to – yeah, anyway. Email it to me a little bit later, Tom. Hey, listen, we're, we're out of time, right. and I, I apologize that I have to do a bit of a hard stop. Uh, but I, no, no, I'll, go ahead. I'll go one more minute, and, uh, and Christy, if you could take like uh, 20, 25 seconds, then you, Tom, and then I'll close us out. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to encourage everybody to share this information um, that Jeff is going to put out. Hopefully we get it out on Telegram. I'll share it on Patriots Perspective um, website and uh, just share it with everybody that you possibly can um, just to wake people up regarding these um, false flag shootings. We're not saying that, you know, there were not innocent victims that took that knew no part of these shootings because there always are innocent victims, as I understand. Tom may be able to correct that, but you know these people are evil. They need to be stopped immediately. And the best way that we can try to help stop it is to do the FOIA exposures and, um, which means the Freedom of Information Act requests um, in your local areas because no one knows your area better than you and um, expose them on social media. Um, and then, you know, we go from there. Absolutely. And my heart goes out to all those children that we all do. I get very moved because they killed my children, too. These guys have no feelings for the children. Children are simply fodder for them. And by doing as God commands us and exposing these things and showing these things and giving to people like right on radio, Jeff, and um, I hope you can help me, too, um, with what we're doing. Um, it's like it, it is. Stop. We're actually helping the children. In the bottom line, we're going to win this country back. We're going to win the world back for God. The work has already been done. He's given it to us to make that happen. And God bless you guys for allowing us to be aired because that is the something they don't want to happen. Amen. Amen. But, uh, but, you know, the evil plans will be turned on them. And uh, it's, it's happening. We are winning. It, I know it doesn't feel like it, but I think everyone can feel the shift and things are starting 
to go in the right direction, and particularly when we look at Durham and, and the other things like that and the names coming out. So uh, I appreciate you, Christy. I appreciate you, Tom. And I appreciate everyone in the listening audience even more. We truly do love you. I pray for you. In fact, I'm just going to pray right now. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to broadcast. Thank you for everyone who is joining us and coming into this Right on Radio community. Father, may our reach be great. I pray for that hedge of protection around Tom, around Christy, around myself, and around everyone that is listening to us, Lord, that is getting into this fight. Lord, I thank you for getting people to stand up and doing what they can in their capacity and what uh, you've called them to do in their personal life. But Lord, I know you have called them to action and called each one of us to action. And, uh, you know, just in reading your Proverbs late this month in particular, I've been focusing on it. And, Lord, you hate a lazy person. And uh, and to a lazy person, the, the consequences will fall. So we cannot be lazy anymore. And we pray for uh, God's spirit to move in each one of us and to guide us. And, and Lord, even bring us together even more. And, uh, and Lord, I pray just particularly... This weekend, and I'm just saying this weekend, Lord, because, uh, well, that's what comes to my mind. But this weekend, no black helicopters around Tom's house. Lord, he's going to get rest this weekend, and I praise you for it already. Hey, God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for joining us on Right On Radio. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we've got a Saturday night sermon. We've got singing for a prayer celebration right after that. And uh, Sunday, I'm going to have a very special guest. Well, I'll let, the, the, I'll let it out. Uh, Cisco Wheeler is going to join me for uh, to study Acts 14. And there will probably be a surprise live here on Monday as well. And then we're back to our regular schedule on Tuesday with at least one or two shows. I like to do one show. Christy wants to do more, more shows. So <laughs> we're, she's working me, people. <laughs> she is a workaholic. I don't know how she does it with all the other things she does. She's possibly one person who's busier than me. But uh, I thank God for her, and uh, I thank God for every one of you. So remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.